1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
2: Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to Wednesday night and Know Your Enemy. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. With me, as always, right over there. I pointed the right direction. Right over there, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I am just super excited for tonight's show. Everybody knows why, but I'm just (laughs) excited. And I'm trying to contain myself.
2: Absolutely. We will Shannon is, of course, excited for the announcement. He gets to make at 9 p.m. tonight. So stay tuned. We've got a little bit to go before we get there. But tonight's show, there's no an enemy coming up. There's no opponent this week. This is the week off before the season starts. Tonight, we look inside ourselves. Tonight, our show is Know Yourself. Because tonight, Shannon and I are going to break down the Pittsburgh Steelers. The roster, the initial 53-man roster, is out. Uh, The Steelers made some practice squad signings, everything. We know all the cuts. Tonight, we're going to break that down. And Shannon, I'm going to throw it right to you from the start. Were there any cuts from the roster that you were really surprised by this year?
0: I would say the biggest surprise you know, which we found out later why was like LaGlue and, and Haig because, you know, they had, had experience and, you you know, they looked heavily decent. You know, LaGlue looked really good at guard that first game and when they was running the ball so successfully. And I thought he kind of solidified himself and he didn't get a lot of playing time after that. So I figured it was because they knew what they had in. But, of course, they did bring him back. He's on the practice squad. And, you know, they picked up um, – I don't know if we want to talk about that yet or not, but they picked up uh, – um, you know, because they also released Trent Scott. Mm-hmm. But but they brought in uh, – uh, is Jesse – I think his name – Davis?
2: Yeah, Jesse from, Davis.
0: Yep, from the Vikings. And he – of course, he started quite a few games with the Miami Dolphins. And – you know, a lot of people are saying he's a lot better. I'm not that familiar with him, but a lot of people are, are saying that he's he's a, a quality guy that he can can be a starter if need be. So I think that you know, I was shocked, but once they brought Lagou back and then they replaced Haig, uh, it, it made more sense.
2: I'm sorry. I, was, I bumped it that time. I don't even know how I uh, Anyways, I, I find it interesting. You're saying LeGlue got signed to the practice squad. The Steelers don't even have their full practice squad out yet. They've signed, like, I think it's only eight players they've signed, and you can hold 16 on the So they're taking their time. But of the eight they did sign, they signed three offensive linemen. Three of them, which – it's normal they have like two, but it's it's kind of interesting to me that with the offensive line turnover and the situation on the offensive line right now where it's not playing well, hmm. you've got three offensive linemen on the practice squad. And since we're both talked offensive line, I, w- I want to stick to it for a bit because one thing I find interesting is that Kendrick Green is on the roster and JC Hassenhauer is on the roster. JC Hassenhauer is pretty much center only Mm -hmm. right if you they've played him at guard it's (laughs) bad jc has at guard is not good he's just not big enough to take it he's not he's not that player but he's a solid enough center that you can you can deal with him playing at center for him to be on the roster means i don't think they're planning that kendrick green is a backup center as well like he's not that 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 like B.J. Finney was that center guard. He could mm-hmm. play wherever. I don't think you're seeing Kendrick Green being a player the Steelers are saying, yeah, he's our primary backup at guard and at center. And if he's their primary backup at guard, John LeGlue sitting on the practice squad seems like he's kind of a threat to Kendrick Green here. Mm-hmm. Because Kendrick Green doesn't, they're they're not looking at him as that versatile player. Do you do you think there's a good chance Kendrick Green might not survive this season?
0: I I wouldn't have been shocked if he got cut yesterday, in all honesty, because the same thing you said about Hassanar is true for Green. Yeah. They have the same limitations. Green is more athletic than Hassanier, but he doesn't have the technique and center that Hassanier has. So they're kind of equal because green is the same thing with him. He the T-Rex arms. He cannot play guard. I mean, he's getting beat every play. He cannot gain leverage when he's absorbing everything. And, and, and his orange is too short. He can never make first contact. So I don't care if he Meyer wants him to come forward in his past sense, whatever. He still cannot make first contact. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, that's one of the reasons I like the glue better because of his length and, and, you know, he is, you know, pretty fundamentally sound. He can play guard or tackle. Um, And then, again, like we talked last week, Daniels and Cole and Hasenauer all can play center. Yep. So I, I'm shocked that Green
2: made it, to be honest. Yeah, good point there, because you've got Cole. If Hasenauer is your backup center... Even if both of them went down and Kendrick Green wasn't on the roster, you slide James Daniel into play center. Obviously, he hasn't been practicing that. They want him to be their right guard. But in that kind of emergency situation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daniel Mm -hmm. slides over. Someone like LeGlue goes in at guard. I I have to wonder, okay, if both Hasenhauer and Cole went down, who would the Steelers start at guard right now with the roster they currently have? Who would they put in at guard in that game to get them through, like, however many snaps they need to get through. Would they actually put Kendrick Green at center or would they like do something like slide James Daniel over to play center? Cause James Daniels has played center not that long ago. I think it was two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Kendrick green hasn't played center at all this season. I mean, it's even questionable there. Would they put Kendrick green in at center?
0: And if you do that uh, and you slide Daniels in, which I think would be the, if you lost, Cole and Hassanar, who's going to be the guard? Who's going to you know? You got Dodson, yeah, and because uh, it, it's one thing if Leglu is dressed, but if he ain't, if he's on, even if active, you know, he's not active for the game, you know, I don't know who they would put in there. Um, I'm not, I know Davis, they say can play guard.
2: Yeah, he's um, playing right guard. He yeah, so
0: guard. maybe that's the plan. You know, and yeah. honestly. He has more experience, more proven experience than Kinder Green by a mile. I mean, uh, I mean he's he's had. If you look at his numbers, I think he gave up like the most pressures last year, like 14 pressures or something. But uh, Green would have easily have done that, and a lot worse if Bian hadn't got rid of the ball in under 1.5 seconds. So yep. uh, I'm assuming that Davis would be the answer to that question.
2: Yeah. And and I think to, to, to end this with this, our, our constant befuddlement that Kendrick Green is still on this team. (laughs) uh, I'll say when he was at center, when you watch early in the season, you watch the games where he played well, where he looked Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. It was where teams were going with four man fronts and there wasn't someone directly lined up across from him. Mm -hmm. Right. He was much better in those situations and teams just learned Take some big dude, mm-hmm. throw him on the field right over Kendrick Green and crush the pocket. And you can do that every single snap. Well, the idea was, well, if we move him to guard, then he doesn't have to snap the ball. He'll get out faster. He can win first contact and handle someone being lined up across from him. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And mm-hmm. now at guard, you always have someone there. There's mm-hmm. always someone lined up over a guard. It's either a linebacker coming up or a, a – a, a defensive tackle, normally you got a big dude right across from you looking to just push you right in the backfield. And that's what they do. They push him right into the backfield. So that, that experiment has failed. It's – I understand the Steelers wanting to give him another <laughs> chance. He's, he's not expensive. Mm-mm. He's on that rookie contract. The Steelers really don't like cutting players on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot for a rookie – on a rookie contract to get for a player on a rookie contract to get caught, it takes a lot. And so I understand he's sticking around for now. I just wonder if he's even gonna last the season. All right, moving on from offensive line. We all know the quarterback situation. I don't think we need to cover that, Shannon. Do the only we, thing
0: like, I would the only thing I would say is looking at Pickett through all three preseason games. He's, he's got, he's so intelligent. He's, he's so versed, pre-snap, progressions, anticipation, and accuracy.
2: Yep.
0: If you watch how fast that ball comes out when he's back there versus Trubisky, who two of his sacks in the first drive was, especially one of them, he just held the ball too long. Mm -hmm. You know, when I don't know if that clock didn't go out in his head or what happened, but that was where he had to get that ball out, you know, uh, not take the sack. Of course, the first time he, he, you know, he could have threw it away before he got to the sidelines. So yeah.
2: um, both times he held the ball and took a yeah, sack. Instead yeah. of just
0: and Pickett it. is, he's so sharp and mm-hmm. he shows so much coolness, composure. He looks like he has the it factor. I think in a normal year, he wins that competition. But behind that line, I've said all along that that line is going to impact everything this season for the Steelers because I believe that they are going to go with Trubisky because they don't want to throw Pickett out there and and maybe, you know, stun him, stun his growth and make him lose confidence, you know, getting shellac behind that line. Because when you look at the, how much skilled position talent they have, a guy who can – he's like a great point guard. Yeah. I mean, like, if that one play – where he faked that RPO, that ball was out of his hands in a split second mm-hmm. on a perfect slant. I mean, it was perfect. And, and you know, that gave the, the receiver a chance to run with the ball after the kid. Uh, Trubisky, like the one that the pass that it would have been a touchdown to Pickens, he put it on him and let the, the defender get there. If he'd have put it out here, Pickens had a touchdown. Yep. He won the inside leverage, but. You know, Trubisky is not as accurate. Now, he no. will make more splash plays. And hopefully at the beginning of the year, especially if they're struggling, you know, two or three splash plays might can make the difference. So I think those two reasons, the splash playability and the offensive line is the only reason he won the start position.
2: I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Uh, one thought I have on the quarterbacks is currently the Steelers have no quarterback on the practice squad. If you are a person who is still thinking Mason Rudolph could be traded, uh, if quarterbacks go down or in some situation, watch that practice squad because if the Steelers don't have someone they like on that practice squad, Mason Rudolph is not going anywhere. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not unless the Steelers have someone already there that they are willing to be their, you know, mm-hmm. if if two, if if Trubisky goes down for four games and then Pickett misses a half, who's your guy? Yeah, You know, like, who's that guy? The Steelers are not going to go with just two quarterbacks. So watch that. Currently they don't have it, which to me says Mason Rudolph is sticking around. And he's probably going to be here all year. Uh, Moving on from quarterback, rest of the offense, running back. A little surprise there. A little something interesting there at at running back. Uh, How do you feel about Jalen Warren apparently being the number two running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers?
0: Based on training camp, you know, all reports and what we've seen during the preseason, it was, it only made sense. I didn't see how he couldn't win that. You know, they would sort of talk about maybe his receiving coming out. He showed excellent hands all preseason. They talked about his pass blocking. He's, he's a willing and able pass blocker. If you watch him pick up, he, he, he's very, very physical. He delivers the blow. Now he might whiff on one, but he's in there really going for it. He he doesn't lay back because he's smaller, so he attacks, and that's what you have to do. Um it's funny thing is at Oklahoma State, he had no reputation as a fumbler. Yeah. And then he put it on the ground, I think, twice in the first couple of weeks of pre, of training camp. And then once in that uh game against um it wasn't the Seattle game, it was it? It was the Jacksonville game. Yeah. I think, but so uh, then everybody's like, you know, Oh, you got no it was a Seattle game. The first game. Cause then everybody's talking about, Oh, this is an issue. And he was carrying the football around. Like on yep. the program, the movie, he was carrying the football around. at can you know, so, uh, trying to get that feel for the ball. But, um, I'm super excited for the kid. He's a, seems like a very humble young man. Uh, I love his effort. I love his, how low he runs, his contact balance. The, the hardest guy in the world to tackle, if you're like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, is that guy coming right at your knees, full bore, and he's going to get that final yard or two by driving through you. You get out of the way. You're yeah. not taking that to the knees. So yeah. you watch guys olay him and then fall on him. So he always gets that extra yardage, whereas a guy who's taller going through the hole doesn't get that, doesn't have that advantage. So, And then, of course, everybody's talking about, would it be Snell or McFarland? And, you know, Snell does offer a lot on special teams. He is a good special teams player. Um, I guess you could consider him another short yardage back. I, I don't know how they figured that and decided that. But McFarland has had injury issues that might have worked against him. He was injured some, you know, even this training camp. So yep. um, that shocked me a little bit. I don't know if it did you, but because uh, I kind of thought McFarland might knock Snell off this year.
2: Well, the Detroit game, uh, Anthony McFarland actually got in as a gunner mm-hmm. on punt cover teams. He got in on a few other plays where they where they use running backs. They tried to get him a role on special teams and give him a chance. When I saw that, when I saw Anthony McFarland on special teams, that to me screamed Jalen Warren is your number two back, and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland are fighting for one spot. And they're mm-hmm. giving Anthony McFarland that chance. And he was so bad he was so so bad uh if you if you go i've seen i've seen people put it on on twitter but if you go back and look at the game one of the snaps he was in as a gunner he he actually lost ground like they had two guys blocking uh-huh. him james pierre was on the other side james pierre is like a second leg to the ball despite there being two guys there anthony mcfarland never like crossed <laughs> he never got five yards past like the line of scrimmage he couldn't do yeah. anything against two guys he yeah, couldn't get past yeah. him at all. He's trying to run in there. They're blocking him. He couldn't get off of him. He couldn't get off the blocks. Like, you see that? You're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just lost your job to Benny Snell because Benny Snell is really good on specialty. Yeah. Really if, good. And they don't
0: need a kick returner.
2: Yeah, they don't. They got, to, they got He was travel. decent, but there was better kick returners on the
0: team, so that wasn't yeah. good.
2: <laughs> you've, got, you've got a guy who was a former, you know, all pro, yeah, yeah, pro bowl kick returner, and then you've got Steven Sims who's good, too, uh, Deontay Johnson does it sometimes, you know, like there are a lot of players who can do that, but yeah, that's, that to me was the moment <laughs> that I stuck there and saw, yeah, it's over. Yeah. That's, that's Benny Snell's spot. <laughs> Any surprises at wide receiver?
0: I was shocked that they kept seven because yeah. I thought that, you know, I guess they would have announced today if Austin went on the hour, but I've been gone a lot today. So I didn't see it. If it happened, did he go an hour today? I don't believe he did. So, I mean, that shocked me because I figured that if, if Austin made the team, which we thought he would, the Sims would be, you know, waved and maybe practice squad, but they kept him. And so he might be inactive, you know, but he's an injury away from getting an opportunity. And whether you watch, if you watch Sims three preseason games, he made an impact splash play all three games. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the, the toss on a punt return, uh, called a touchdown pass. I mean, he, he really does bring some electricity and a spark and with Matt Canada and the way he likes to use motion and misdirection. Um, you know, he's just another weapon. So I was really happy for him because I thought he earned it, but I just thought that the, the depth was too deep and he would he would be a, waived. But I was glad when he
2: made it. Yeah. I find I found it interesting because I figured that meant Calvin Austin was going on IR because mm-hmm. you kind of have yep, yep. Calvin Austin, Stephen Sims, and Gunnar Olszewski kind of filling a similar role. Mm-hmm. Of the undersized slot guy with quickness, more than speed, and they have some return ability. And they have all three of them on the roster right now. I, I mean, it's still possible the Steelers put Calvin Austin the third on injured reserve and they could just be fleshing that out and seeing where he is. I know uh some of the guys that w- that we thought Michael and I are came back and practiced. So maybe they're they're giving it some time to look and see how he does and that's why you see like the practice squad is half finished and he's you know they're carrying seven receivers who knows that could be something mm-hmm. that changes in the next in the next week this you, this week is nothing next week is the practice leading up to the mm-hmm. to the first game against the Bengals so we'll see but right now it does seem kind of strange that they kind of have three players to fill one role
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh tight ends i mean they kept exactly who we've been saying they'd keep mm-hmm. uh some people were surprised that they kept Derek Watt and Connor Hayward. And, you know, you've got Zach Gentry, Pat Fryermuth, Connor Hayward, and Derek Watt all on this team, but the Steelers always keep three tight ends and a fullback. They they did that again.
0: I I guess I was expecting, you know, we we talked, we expected uh, Fryermuth, Gentry, and Hayward. But Hayward is an H-back. You yeah. know, I, I, we've talked for a long time, but if they could use Derrick Watt like this in Matt Canada's office, but that's really not his forte. No. It is Connor Hayward's forte. Now, you know, the other day in the last game, they they pulled he went in motion and they were gonna run and play to the outside zone, and he just totally ran right by the inside linebacker he was supposed to block, and they, and it was two of them out there to block one guy you know, he kind of looked around like, uh Oh, you know, he did. Cause it, you know, the, the play got downed in the backfield. Um, those are things that come with experience. That's really not being, he doesn't have experience doing that at Michigan state. Uh, he was more of a kickout block on the end and, and not so much going in motion and picking up somebody on the edge. And, but he has the ability to do it. But, um, you know, I heard people giving him a lot of grief for that, but, he really, there's so many things he's going to be able to do for this team. And you can actually look at him almost as like a, a running back three, a fullback two, and a tight end three, all that in an okay. H-back. So uh, he's got so much value. Uh, I don't want to say it's nepotism. I would say that about what before I would say it about Connor. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I I also I think I think the family issue, I think that side of it is more the Steelers see value in an older sibling and younger sibling being on the same team and the older sibling kind of pushing the younger sibling and holding them accountable, Uh, which until Connor Hayward, all the siblings, it was the older sibling who was the questionable ad. Mm -hmm. Like they had Terrell Edmonds they brought in. Uh, his brother. They brought in yeah. his older brother, the running back. I cannot remember his first name. I keep wanting to say Tremaine now. Oh. Uh, Terrence? Terrence. Uh, <laughs> Tremaine in the- Buffalo, I think. Yeah, he's been off the team for like a <laughs> month, and we can't remember the poor guy's name. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah. oh man, that's gonna drive me crazy. Anyway, the running back that's Terrell Edmonds' brother. He was he was he was there but he's he's kind of practice squad bouncing back and forth special teams trying to make it but that dude worked harder than anybody right and you get him in there with Edmonds and we've seen Edmonds improve every season he's been here Mm -hmm. we've seen him go from that 2019 Edmonds where it was like oh my gosh dude like you may be the worst player on this defense to now where those problems seem to be gone and he's a very valuable Mm -hmm. very valuable player so you, don't, you can't sit there and say if his older brother wasn't there, he wouldn't have done that work, but he did. Mm-hmm. And you also see Derek coming with TJ. TJ obviously had a great work ethic coming in, the work he's done. Uh, and, and again, you can't say Derek is the reason he became – but I think that's a part of the Steelers' ideology. I think that's why they do it, and it's worked so far. Mm-hmm. And Connor, man, can, he, he if Connor Hayward slacks off at all, no, he's gonna come over to the sideline and his brother's yeah. gonna find him.
0: Yeah, oh yeah.
2: Aaron's yeah. gonna find him and be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, only probably not that nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that works. I and I, I find it interesting, and the Steelers have invested in it. Uh moving on to defense.
0: Well, do you want to do the nine o'clock? Announcement. Oh, yeah, we got
2: to do the nine. O'clock. Then after that, we could do the defense. We promise, we promise this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We do have the immense privilege yeah. here tonight of announcing the official winner of the 2022 Isaac Redman Award. This year, I, I got handed to everyone in the community. You guys voted. You guys did fantastic. Oh, Real quick, someone said, it's Trey Edmonds. Thank you, everyone, for calling on that. No, he's not, Edmonds, he's not the winner. He's not the winner. <laughs> he's not the winner. He's Trey Edmonds' older brother. Not the rise of... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But thank you. Thank you for correcting me. That That's no longer sitting in the back of my mind, messing me up here. But we, in 20 hours, the poll was up for 20 hours. We had over 1,500 votes. The closest vote total in Redmond award history Shannon do you want to give do you want me to give the results or you want to, you want to do it you give the results and then I'll announce the winner okay we had four contestants in fourth place with 54 votes was Connor Hayward in third place with 79 votes was Tyler Vaughn in second place the runner-up the closest runner-up we've ever had was 690 votes Jalen Warren and Shannon White with 691, 691 votes. Who is our Isaac Rudman award winner? It's a distinguished
0: honor to announce that my early favorite <laughs> yeah. for this award, just based on what I'd seen, and he come through and it's all him Mark Robinson,
2: Mark Robinson, ladies and gentlemen, former
0: former running back, one year starter at inside linebacker for Ole Miss in the SEC, has took the next step in his development, made the fifty three man roster, which I'm sure he's very proud of, and we're proud of him. But the biggest thing, the biggest honor that he's he'll have for a lifetime, is the twenty twenty two Isaac Redman Award winner, and congratulations. And, you know, if for some reason he can't fulfill his duties as the winner, that Jalen Warren, the runner-up, I'm I'm sure would be more than willing to accept and fulfill his duties. But I mean, what a great vote. I mean, two great candidates. I've told everybody leading up to this, my you know, before the preseason starts, I'll do a way early prediction for a training camp sensation. On defense, it was Mark Robertson. On offense, it was Jalen Warren. I mean, you know, it was incredible. Yep. They both went out and had incredible training camps and preseasons and exceeded all expectations. Um, you know, for a seventh-round guy and, and an undrafted guy, I mean, the Steelers give uh, Mateo Durant out of Duke the largest sinus bonus ever for a undrafted free agent. Yep. You know, in team history. And – but – I mean, Warren just outplayed everybody. And yeah. so now he goes from maybe making the roster. He's running back too. And and honestly, the Steelers need to give him some snaps to keep that wear and tear off Harris, especially yeah. now that we know he, he did have a slight Liz Frank sprain mm-hmm. and just don't overwork him and give Warren some touches. I mean, the guy, you know, it's funny last week on our show, we had the pride of Detroit and Jeremy said, muscle hamster. Yeah. Look, look at Jalen Warren and tell me you don't see muscle hamster. Yep. And so I'm, I'm very happy for both young men, but congratulations to Mark Robinson.
2: And, and right before eight o'clock, I was in watching cause I'm prepping for this show and I'm like, I don't even know who's what it was super close with two minutes left to go. It was, there was a four vote lead for Mark Robinson and when the poll ended, it was down to one. What an incredible vote! Yeah, yeah, great job. We're gonna next year. We have some ideas and some plans uh, to keep this the same, but but make it a little more special. Uh, so stay tuned for that for next year. But this year, man, it is something else. Mark Robinson is your Isaac Redman Award winner. He is on the fifty-three man roster, and hey, maybe we'll get to see him play. Almost all of the Isaac Redman Award winners in BTSC history, almost all of them have done something for the Steelers, have gotten on the field and done something. So that's something to look forward to. We'll see how it goes.
0: We have some really good plans. We had some plans this year. Yeah, they fell through. That that fell apart at the end, which was very frustrating because I wanted tonight to be even more exciting. Uh, but it, it didn't go according to plan. Things happen, you know, schedules conflict, but, but we are moving in the right direction. You know, Cause originally it was taking, I think Neil Kullock is the one who created the Isaac Redman award and he would take the consensus of all the comments in the discussion threads and see who was the guy that was considered the, the upstart that had all the hype and, he would announce the winner. And then eventually we got to where we started voting. So we're now kind of setting parameters of of how to make this even more official because it's something that I've always said and we was talking about it before the show. A lot of these guys' careers do not go as planned. But someday, maybe 20, 30 years, they're sitting there with their grandkids and they're like, I was pretty good back in the day. And they're like, oh, what is your grandpa? And he's like, yeah, look at this. And they can hold this article and say, see, people really thought I was something back in the day. And you know, we know that Redmond's is like folklore. You know, yeah. he could he was like Superman. He could jump over the Ravens, you know, into the end zone, you know, do a Walter Payton touchdown splash. I mean, he hit his hype and his legend is is up there. And yeah. and You know, so we we want to pay tribute to Isaac Redman and his contributions here for the Steelers and, you know, look to the next generation. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year already. Do you have any early candidates?
2: (laughs) For next year? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think the Steelers will sign somebody as an undrafted free agent next year, and he's my favorite right now. All right, that's good, that's good. Okay. Uh, I wanted to bring in one thing. Uh, I actually have listed, I have still have in my bookmarks, the original Isaac Redman post from 2010, August 22nd, 2010, from behind the steel curtain made by Sven Hook. I, I hope I'm saying that right, but he was, an, he was an old user. I remember him from way back in the day. And the title of the fan post was, Isaac Redman is the most interesting running back in the world. And it's just a whole bunch of the jokes. If you remember the old, the most interesting man in the world. commercial. yeah. Commercials? yeah, yeah. A whole bunch of that stuff thrown in there. Really fun. It started with that. And I know the official award followed when he actually made the team. And if you go to that 2000, I think it was 2013 season where him and Jonathan Dwyer shared carries, uh, kind of split carries. and, And there wasn't really a number one back. That's kind of where the award took off. And it's been going solidly since then. And it's great that we get to continue it here mm-hmm. uh, with Mark Robinson. It's our privilege to talk about it on the show.
0: Thank you to the community because they've been such a huge help to, you know, spread the word, get people voting. And when they did, you could see the numbers increase. And everybody has just been so supportive. And they realize that it makes behind the still curtain special. It sets us apart from anybody else. There's a lot of other reasons that I think, but I'm prejudiced. But but I love our, our site and I love our community. And I think that it's something that is, you know, unique for us. And it's a community award. And so everybody should be proud to generate the numbers that were generated and and uh, to select Mark Robinson.
2: All right, moving on. We do have to move on to finish this. I want to talk about the defensive line for a second because the Steelers kept seven defensive linemen and looking over the list, right? Looking over that Mm. list, there was a point last season where on the field, Chris Wormley was our like best defensive lineman. There's like Cam Hayward. And then you had Chris Wormley. He was our number two guy. Chris Wormley right now might be our fifth Mm -hmm. best offense, best defensive lineman. Uh, this group is pretty good. Connor, Cameron Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Tyson Aluwalu, Montrevious Adams, Chris Wormley, Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal. That is seven deep. And all of them look pretty good. Uh-huh. All of them, like, I, we may not have a number two to Cam Hayward's obvious number one defensive lineman, but we've got a lot of depth on that defensive line. And that Gives me a little more hope because you're not going to have, you know, Henry Mondo be one of our main defensive linemen this year. Yeah. I mean,
0: we love the overachievers and you had yeah. to love Mondo, but yeah. I mean, truthfully, he he was overmatched when he was yeah. in there, you know, in an actual regular season game. You know, he tried his best, but last year it was just him. And, and if it was Wormley, he was getting pushed around. And now, oh man, now you got a Lulu back, and he still can anchor, he's still gonna give them that. That is so valuable. Ogre I was blown away at because yeah. he, you know, coming back from that injury, that one sack that Wormley got against Detroit. If you look at the Oga Joby beat a double team, he mm-hmm. didn't split them, he pushed them both back mm-hmm. all the way to the quarterback. Making the quarterback roll to his left, where uh, Scott, the outside linebacker, come in, jumped up in the air to you know, and the quarterback falls on the ground. I think it was a bull for the Lions, and Wormley touches him while yep. he's on the ground and gets credit for the sack. I'm like, those are the kind of he got two or three of them last year,
2: yeah. When does.
0: when Watt tripped somebody up or you know, made them foul, and he would just touch them down, yeah. And and uh, I mean, I don't have nothing to give Swarmley. But honestly, Wormley is a rotational guy that if Montrevious Adams is fully healthy and Leal looks like an absolute stud. Mm -hmm. On one of his pass rush on uh, Sunday, he got outside. The the quarterback rolled to his right. He closed eight yards. Oh, yeah. In like three strides, like instantly. Mm -hmm. He hit the guy right when he threw the ball. I thought it was going to be a late hit, but he hit him exactly when he threw it. And I'm like, I did not realize he had that closing speed.
2: Oh, yeah. And, a one.
0: At least 300 pounds. Uh, You know, so like you said, this line is much deeper
2: than last year. Yep. And that that's a good thing because we all remember oh, yeah, yeah. how bad it was last year. But <laughs> It was like, yeah, like Henry Mondo giving you 10, 12 snaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. He can hold up for that. But when the other team gets used to him and the offensive lineman is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch film on – if you're watching film on Henry Mondo, he's probably not winning it, <laughs> No, right? Sure. He's not that guy. Yeah. If he has to play 30 snaps against the same offensive tackle, that guy's going to figure him out if that guy's any good. He's one of those guys, come in for 10, 15 snaps, you don't know who he is, you're at studying him, you were worried about Cameron Hayward, now you're facing this guy. You know he can hold his own for a bit. But that's it. That's it. Hmm. Looking at linebackers, Steelers, w- Alex Highsmith apparently practiced. Two I think, I think he was one of the ones maybe yeah, today, he, too. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, he got back and he practiced, so he is not going to injured reserve. Uh TJ Watt. Then they've got Derek Tuska and Malik Reed. Hmm. Traded for Malik Reed. Uh, do you have any have you looked at Malik Reed at all? Yep, mainly because the Steelers have played him. Yeah.
0: And um, so you're like, okay, Chubb's out when we played him, you know, and I was like, Oh, good. Then you start watching a little bit, and you're like, I really could be a problem. And and I think he got a maybe a strip sack on Ben he or did. He a, had a yeah. strip
2: sack on Ben.
0: And you know, here's the thing unlike Ingram, this guy's perfect for what the Steelers need. He realizes he's the backup. He's going to come in, be rested. He's going to go balls to the wall, you know, for however many snaps. He's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to say, you know, I got to start or I'm, you know, he, you know, he sat behind Chubb, and I can't think of the other outside linebacker that he sat behind for the Broncos. But you know, he his numbers were comparable with him. You know, his pass rush win rate. He had, I think, he had eight sacks, yeah, and. So, led the,
2: led the Denver Broncos in sacks last year.
0: Yeah, and so he he's not as good against the run, but I said he's he's adequate against the run, because I think that they're going to use him, barring injury, you know, to Watt or Highsmith. I think you're going to see him be more of a pass rush guy, um, and spell him, you know, if if say it's an extended drive and they're both winded, because we like Tuska. Tushka improved as the year went on, and he was starting to set a better edge. He's starting to get a little bit of a pass rush towards the end of the year, right. and I think he done obviously well enough. He made the team again, so uh, yeah, I've, I feel really solid about. It. I think that was a great pickup, especially what they give up to get him.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll go further further with that. Uh, Malik Reed is reminds me actually a little bit of Derek Tuska and that he's not so much a skill player as he is a guy that just has an insanely high motor effort. and We know effort the Steelers that, yes. love linebackers with insanely high motors. This guy watching his film, I watched four games of his watching through it. If there was someone making a good play, the person running up to him, jumping and like slapping them. Mm-hmm. And that was always Malik Reed. Yeah, Just imagine the most hyperactive person on this football field. You can imagine the dude chases every play. There I I have in a Dave Schofield and I are doing a vertex on him. And, and one of the plays I have is a sack where he is doing a, he's doing a stunt to the inside. Doesn't nail the execution of the stunt that well gets blocked, gets off of that block, runs around the blocker, chases the quarterback down, like all over the field, just chasing Mm -hmm. everybody. He is like a, like a dog chasing a ball. That's him with the ball. Like he's going to get to it. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's not the fastest. He's not the most talented. He's got a pretty decent bull rush mm-hmm. that he can throw down. He gets a few wins with that. There, if if, a, if he gets a tackle off guard with it, you can see him drive an offensive tackle back into the pocket. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid run defender. Uh, where he's more limited is is athleticism. There's there's like specifically one play I can think of. It's in the film room where he has a good line uh, on. It was against Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts. And Hurts just outruns him to the sideline mm-hmm. and is able to turn the corner and pick up four yards on third and three, right? Like, he's not fast. No. He's, no. Not, a, he's not a major athlete. But he's stout, he's strong, uh, and he has a lot of hustle. And if he picks up sack, it's going to be those hustle sacks mm-hmm. where he's, like, holding. If you think of Dupree, Bud Dupree, how many sacks he got where he was working containment, had the offensive lineman there and was like, which way are you going, quarterback? Like, if mm-hmm. you break, try to break this – I'm going to get you. I can see him picking up sacks that way. And if quarterbacks think they can go towards him, I could see him picking up a decent amount of sacks even as a backup just because those sacks come. That's Chris Wormley, most of his sacks were mm-hmm. coverage sacks where the quarterbacks trying to escape TJY.
0: Yeah. And if That's you Chris think
2: gets-
0: thing about Reed is if you know, I know you've been watching those sacks he got, a lot of fourth quarter sacks. Yeah. Because his motor's still going. He wasn't out there full-time starter. And he had all this energy and he just overwhelmed these tackles who were winded and getting tired. Mm-hmm. And so uh I see him doing the same thing for the Steelers.
2: Absolutely. I I like him. I, I like it. Uh he's not gonna be Melvin Ingram, right? Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be that guy you're watching, you're like, whoa. Whoa, that dude just split two offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. He like split two offensive linemen, got in there. He's not going to do that. But uh, he's not going to win. He's a number three. <laughs> yeah. He's a true number three. He's not yeah. going to be in there being like, I want out of here because you think Alex Highsmith's better than me. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Alex Highsmith is better than Malik Reed. Like, and I I don't think Malik Reed is going to come in here and, and be a prima donna about that. He's going to come in and, and do what he does. Which Alex plenty.
0: Highsmith is better than Melvin Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at Melvin Ingram, it was like, oh, he did all this great things in Kansas City. No, he didn't. He didn't really. Hasmith had better numbers than him. Mm -hmm. Hasmith sets a better edge. I mean, Ingram, you know, was in there just for a few snaps and he could go all out and he still didn't set the world on fire. I mean, I was glad to have him, but once he started being a problem, I'm like, all
2: right, get rid of that. Yep. (laughs) All right. Inside linebackers. Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Redmond Award winner, Mark Robinson, number four for now, for now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it for linebackers. I think it's just the four inside linebackers, right? That's, that's it, yeah. Yeah. We may get – there There are people saying that when DeMonte Causey gets put on injured reserve, the Steelers are likely to sign Marcus Allen back. I heard Marcus that, Allen man. was kind of a surprise cut, so we'll see on that on that note. Um, but right now with these four guys, how do you feel about the inside linebacker position? Well,
0: <laughs> you know how I'm I'm <laughs> really excited about Miles Jack. I, I just think Miles Jack was just a great pickup. I love his intensity, signing. huh?
2: Home run of a sign. Oh, yeah.
0: He absolutely he is, he is I love his motor. I love his aggressiveness. You know, they said that one tackle, the guy wouldn't go down and he kind of, you know, suplex Steven and, and put him down there like, that should have been a penalty. I'll take that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I want to see some physicality out of our middle linebackers. Yeah. It's been a while. Brian Shazier is gone. And, you know, Vince Williams has been retired for a while. We need somebody. Last year he was Pancake in there. So yeah. I love that. And, And like I said, Spillane has got all the heart in the world. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And, you know, we talk about his motor and his intensity. If he had a little bit more athleticism, he would be something. But he can be effective, but he can be exposed. So, you know, I know they're going to try to monitor his snap count and and try to avoid those situations. He can play zone better. If you match him up on a man, he's he's toast. I mean, we know that. Um, Somebody's like, would you see Bush? He made that tackle in the backfield. I said, "Yes, he went forward." That's a start. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen that. Now, he <laughs> wasn't the one who made that tackle. Jax met the running back head on. Huge collision, and then Bush wrapped him up around the legs. Yep. But at least he was in the backfield. So Oh yeah. Maybe that's a start. He he he,
2: he's, he twisted his legs yeah, and stopped yeah. him from getting that second effort. It was a good it was they both did it. Like Miles yeah. Jack and Miles Jack talked about it. He was beaming. He was so happy for Devin Bush. Hey, what's he hell? Was happy for Mark Robinson. He was happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just like, I love Miles Jack in that sense. And he was like, yeah, Devin got back there and made a play. And yeah. like, yeah, Mark Robinson, stay on the 53. Love it. Like I love he can... that kind of a leader that he's that kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Maybe he can rub off on him. Yeah. Maybe, and, you know, that enthusiasm maybe. and that intensity. And then,
0: that's the only thing about Brian, Brian Flores up, up top looking down. You know, he can't chew nobody's rear. But he can, but not in face to face. Yeah. And there's sometimes you got to light a fire. But um watching Robertson last game, you know, I'm like, I want him to have a huge game, and I want him yeah. to just solidify. You know, I wanted him to start in the last preseason game to see what he'd look like against the ones. But even against the threes in the second half. One play he'd look like he was knew what he was doing he get attack and he looks good. Other plays he's kind of what am I really supposed to do here you know and that's the lack of experience so he showed he's not ready to start but yeah. I think they can give him some situational snaps to get his feet wet at the you know during the regular season and hopefully by later in the year he'll be able to be more of a contributor yeah but it's here, all going to come down. If Bush can, you know, he could get like that. Hopefully, he liked how that felt.
1: Yeah, he
0: seemed really excited when he come off the field. And you know, Jackson was like, "Way to go!" You know, I, hopefully that he liked that feeling, and he'll want to duplicate that, and he'll want more of it. And then yeah. when this regular season starts, he'll play more attacking and aggressive. And if he does, they got a ton of talent there. Yeah, but we just got to see the execution and the effort.
2: Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to make a comparison here with Devin Bush right now, what he looked like in that game where he played by far his best preseason game, right? The first game was like a dumpster fire. Yeah. The second game was like, they put the fire out, Yeah. but it's still a dumpster. <laughs> and the third game, I'm going to compare him to a player from 2019 that he played with Mark Barron, who was not mm. good, mm. but was serviceable, right? Yeah. That's yeah. what Devin Bush looked like. We've got to <laughs> hope he gets better. But the guy can still cover. Yeah, he can still cover. He can still get placed. He doesn't. He's never had the best run instincts. He was much more a lateral run stopper mm-hmm. than a yeah. than a yeah. vertical run stopper. Uh, he's never had those. Inst- he's not going to develop that suddenly. Mm-hmm. But if he can improve, I, he he is it. He's a starter. He's got the job. Mark Robinson, man, as good as he was in that Jacksonville game. As, like, dominant a force at linebacker, that Detroit game, he mm-hmm. was kind of up and down, up and yeah. down. And you're like, okay, come on, let's figure it out. Let's get <laughs> in the game, let's get going. And then that last drive, fourth and seven and fourth and ten, were both converted going after Mark Robinson. Mm-hmm. Both of them, one of them. The, line, the running back, he was he was running with the running back. The running back goes and blocks somebody, and Mark Robinson takes off to blitz, and the running back slips out. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a green dog blitz, but Mark Robinson yeah. is like, okay. Like, you can see, like, the thought process. Like, okay, he's blocking. I'm blitzing, and, and didn't keep reading. Yeah. Didn't keep it going. Uh, and that's one of the things, like, you see with a Robert Spillane. That's, that's Spillane's best attribute is mm-hmm. those kind of plays. Where he really reads it well. And if that, I've seen Robert Splane, man, he's blitzing and he gets inside the offensive line and that running back starts to leak out. And you see Robert Splane just like turn straight Mm -hmm. out there and make it out there. Um, Mark Robinson's got to pick that up. Yeah. To play in this defense, he's got to. That is a necessary thing. There's so much he has to offer. There's a few things he really just has to figure out and get polished on. Mm -hmm. And I think he's going to be a player. I think we're going to see him similar to Vince Williams. And if you remember how much we love Vince Williams now, if you remember Vince Williams as a rookie, it was brutal. <laughs> and that would be Mark Robinson right now. If they put Mark Robinson in right now. Teams would, like, once he's in there a little bit, like, you get 10 snaps into the game, Mark Robinson's still out there, and they're like...
0: They're going for yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay, you know what? Yeah. Like,
2: let's run this. He'll he'll bite, and we'll do Let's run this play action that attacks him. Because he's just... he's His first read is great. It's fast, it's quick, it's aggressive. But when it's a little muddled when it takes the time mm-hmm. when he's got to go mm-hmm. through two or three different things to look at that process starts to slow down in his head. And I think, I think that's where you see the game is fast and he's slow is he's thinking he's like, wait, okay, that guy's doing that. I need to, yeah. where do I need to be? And the plays past him.
0: Like you said, you, and it was spot on. If he doesn't have to think and he can just aggressively use his instincts. He looks awesome.
2: Amazing. that first. So those are things cool. that you
0: can't teach. Instincts mm-hmm. cannot be taught. The other stuff can be learned. But when he has to think, you know, you see it just slows everything down. Yep. That one time the, the running back run at him, just give him a little inside fake out, and, and Robinson almost tilted over. <laughs> yeah. He, tipped over. he, he like like, stepped, he stepped so like, hard on the face. Yeah. I was, I was like, like oh, oh, dude, man. That looks so bad. It looks so bad.
2: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's purely experience. That's yep. just experience, yep. and I think the greatest thing about him being on the roster is he's going to be at practice every day yep. with Brian Flores. Yep. This gives Brian Flores an entire year to work with Mark Robinson, and I think that's going to that's going to lead to great results. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to see good stuff from Mark Robinson in that. Let's go on to. From inside linebacker, we need to go to the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Defensive backs, the Steelers kept four safeties: Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, Miles Killebrew, and Demonte Kazee. So out of those four players, they have listed at safeties. Kazee is expected to go on on injured reserve. We'll see if that actually happens mm-hmm. because he could come back in three four weeks. Um, but Miles Killebrew, right now, is their only true safety backup listed at safety. They do have, of course, Trey Norwood. Mm-hmm. And then at cornerback, they have Cameron Sutton, Levi Wallace, Akella Witherspoon, James Pierre, Arthur Millette.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Any thoughts there? I've two things I want to talk about. Elijah Riley,
0: you know, you know, just picked up uh you know, obviously as green and as raw as can be in the Steelers scheme. Uh, he looked very good playing deep center. Yeah, he did. And, and that one play, he almost, if he didn't intercepted that, he would probably gone. Uh, but he flew through there. I mean, he's got some athleticism, some explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on the practice squad. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit excited about that. Uh, I, I wasn't shocked with Lane because I, I think that, that that experiment, you know, it's passed. But I like this makeup of the defensive backs, especially with Kazee comes back. But I wanted to bring up the elephant in the room because I keep seeing, first they said that Khan uh, and the stores tried to get a hold of Hay- a Hayden, Joe Hayden, and he wasn't interested. Well, he comes out on Twitter and says that that's fake news mm-hmm. that they know I think it's I can't think of the guy's name Drew yeah so they know my agent if they are interested and they got everybody talking mm-hmm. and you know I'd said before that I thought that Hayden could make the transition to free safety uh or be a guy in that nickel or something that could could give him some of that because of his his intelligence and his knowledge uh of his craft but I don't know what you think, but what I saw last year is I love Hayden the person, but Hayden's done as a starting cornerback in the NFL. I yeah. think that he, he, his speed had deteriorated the last couple of years with the Steelers and last year it was very obvious. And if, if, if they were even, they were leaving. He could not run with these guys. Yep. And that's why I thought if he could, you know, maybe play a different little bit more safety position, but again, you have Norwood. And sure. Norwood is, you know, and Kazi when he's healthy, obviously. They both have that slot free safety uh capability. So I don't see the reason to bring Hayden back. Um you know, I don't want to insult him with a low ball offer. Uh, what do you think?
2: Here's the thing. The the big loss to me, he lost his speed, but what he what he lost. Uh, to me, was his change of direction. Mm-hmm. When he would change direction, his acceleration was gone. Mm-hmm. Like he would change direction and then have to get pushing. If that comes back, Hayden, in my opinion, would be uh, like great in. If you remember two thousand eight, Desean Townsend, the role he took after he was mm-hmm. no longer a starting corner and moved inside was a nickel corner, a slot guy. Hayden could be that that kind of safety slash slot. But I agree with you. At that point, he's Demonte Causey. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know he he's giving you he's giving you more run support than Cameron Sutton does, but in coverage, maybe a little less uh, against a run heavier team. He's going to be better in coverage than Arthur Millette, and probably even in tackling and taking mm-hmm. on you know blockers and blocking wide receivers stuff like that. If it's a tight end, I I might go Arthur Millette over Joe Hayden taking on a blocker, trying to get off that guy, if it's a bigger Mm -hmm. guy, a running back or a tight end. It's it's rough to me. I love Joe Hayden. He is such a playmaker, right? But you would have to see that that quickness came back. You'd have Mm -hmm. to see that it came back before you could throw money at Joe Hayden. And even then, you've got to ask, how much is he worth? How much of an upgrade is he over the guys we already have? And it's it's to me it's almost more nostalgic and hoping that he can be the guy who makes that huge mm. tackle to end the game and win the game for the team on a, or he's he's the guy who makes a key interception or jumps that route and knocks the ball away. If he's that guy, if he's that Deshae Townsend kind of player, he's worth it. But there's serious questions as whether he can be that because he after that injury, Joe Hayden was not the same player. Uh, but if he could be, and he's willing to take a low salary, that's it. Can't be that much. You're not paying him six million dollars. I
0: that's wanted a- to say two things. Hayden last year, when he would try to come up, make a really physical tackle. You know, say that that a running back gets outside and he has to come up. He he was slow getting up. It seemed like he was really struggling with yeah. the that physicality. That's something you start seeing in an older guy. And yeah. and, I, and I feel like it's time to walk away. The other thing I wanted to mention is because I give Akilah Witherspoon so much grief for being a pansy and not wanting to tackle. And I must say that in three preseason games, he made one impressive physical tackle in all three games. So maybe yeah. he's trying to say, the Steelers talk to me, and, you know, in that you know, exit interview, and I know what I need to work on because he is showing, you know, if he can put tackling with his coverage ability, the Steelers might really have something.
2: Okay. I got, I've got I've, got, I've got to bring this one up. He has made those plays. Yes. Uh, but if, if you remember the run, was it third and 17, right? Huge hole in the offensive line. Oh, they run yeah. forward, Bush oh, on yeah. the tight end. The running back runs straight at Bush, cuts off that block. Yes. Bush goes for him, can't get to him. He goes to the right, runs up, gets the first down. If you look at the rest of that play, the two defensive backs on that side are Trey Norwood and Akello Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Trey Norwood gets blocked by an offensive tackle and thrown backwards like four yards. Like yeah, the, yeah. that's I a mismatch. You know, yeah. Six foot 196 pounds versus <laughs> yeah. an offensive tackle. Yeah. He's not what he's not Mike Hilton. You know, Mike Hilton has won some of those. He's not winning that. He's not Mike Hilton. Akello Witherspoon never makes contact with the wide receiver who's trying to block him. Runs backwards until he is two yards past the first down line, then turns around and misses a tackle. Yes, I did say that. I was like watching that and I'm like, okay, there's yeah. there's the Akello Witherspoon we saw last <laughs> season. There he is. He's right there. He's yeah. right there. And watching that and watching the replay, I'm like, if that was Joe Hayden, so we're speaking about Joe Hayden. If that was Joe Hayden before 2021's injury, right? Yeah. Uh, That play doesn't get past Bush and that tight end. Hayden would have been there. Hayden would have been there jacking that guy up. No wide receiver is going to block Joe Hayden out of that play. And Akela Witherspoon is just giving grounds and trying to, like, make a move and get past the receiver, right? That play –
0: that Where play, Wormley got blown up.
2: Oh, uh, that one uh, annoys me too. Oh my gosh. Dave oh
0: my uh, Bush was just like, "I'm like, what are you doing?" You know, attack. The, he won't. Yeah. You watch Robinson or Jacks attack the blocker, and then you got Bush, and he's, you know, he's well, like he's shadow boxing or yeah. shadow dancing. Well, but, but the third guy that looked terrible on that run, that big play was Witherspoon. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was well. I'm going to defend Bush a little bit here because whether or not you agree with what Bush was trying to do, uh, it's clear what, to me what he was trying to do is as soon as he sees the front he it. comes forward, he meets the tight end. Don't say it. That's how he was making him pick a side. He was. <laughs> he was. That's what he's doing. Because, okay, if Devin Bush goes to the right, the tight end's going to be there and the guy's just going to take one step to the left and go past him. If he goes to the left, the tight end still in Between him and the running back, the running back just yeah. goes to the right and is past him. Now, seeing the rest of the play, it would have been great if Devin Bush had just gone to the left and forced the guy back towards Terrell Edmonds and Minka yeah. Fitzpatrick, would have been the best option. But uh, did you think uh, it was there.
0: a good block? You don't think he could have went right through that block? I mean, that was a very weak block into him. He,
2: he met
0: he stopped. The block he did well. it wasn't the impact that stopped, yeah. But it was Bush he stopped ahead of time.
2: Bush isn't the linebacker that's going to blow that up. No, he's not. He, he has not. never been that guy, right? So for me yeah. watching that, I'm like, okay, Bush's angle at least makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but you talked about Chris Wormley. What drives me crazy is Chris Wormley is 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 on the on the left side. The left guard blocks Chris Wormley. The left tackle runs straight past him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have a tackle run past you, Yeah. It's a run play. Yeah. You know it's a run play. Yeah. That's an ineligible guy downfield, right? That guy that just took off past you, that's an ineligible player downfield. It's a run play. Cameron Hayward is going off to his right to pass rush. When they do that, Wormley has contained. Yeah. And Wormley's just standing there like, what's going on? (laughs) And the the running back has like a five-yard hole to run through. We all
0: knew we're sitting there and we're like, screen or draw. Which one are they going to do? Yeah, Screen or draw. And it was like, they they, they weren't prepared for either. They weren't prepared for any of it.
2: I know. I I should say, I feel like I I get so upset with Chris Wormley for like two or three snaps out of the game. All right. And I do need to say this because two or three snaps out of a game, Chris Wormley looks like a guy who doesn't know how to play football, <laughs> but you can find a bunch of other ones where he looks good. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I want to caveat that this isn't the guy I'm saying should be cut. This isn't Kendrick green, right? But he looks for two or three snaps a game. Chris Wormley looks like Kendrick green, like that bad. He's that bad. And then the rest of it, he's fine. Uh, so.
0: Hey, okay, I got I want, one for the archive. Okay. Now somebody needs to put that <laughs> somewhere. Uh, because if that happens, I'm gonna have you dance a jig for him. <laughs> if he makes the Pro Bowl, you'll dance a jig. Oh my work? goodness. Will that work?
2: Joseph Donovan, you you can you can join Andrew Wilbar with that. Andrew Wilbar loves all the Michigan players, if you've ever heard him <laughs> on any show talk, everyone from Michigan, he <laughs> adores them. I'm also a Michigan I mean, I, I loved Devin Bush in college. I really hope he turns it around. Oh, man. All right, we, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon, how confident are you in this 53-man roster? Where do you think this roster could take this team this year? It, it, again, with me, it's offensive line.
0: If the offensive line allows the offensive that has a lot of talent, skill position, talent, explosiveness, if the offensive line can allow them to use that and get to average by midseason and they're not already buried at that point, I think they can be in contention for a playoff spot. If not, you know, they're going to be lucky to get the seven, eight wins uh, just because, you know, the, the, they'll know what they need to work on for the off season. But um, I, I feel like they could still compete for uh, the division uh, to win that division, but it's all going to come down to the offensive line. And as I've said before, Devin Bush, I,
2: I see. I, I don't think th- I think Cincinnati is going to have a fallback from last year in the postseason, but but I think it's going to be really hard to knock them off the division this year. Uh, I think they're going to win it again. But to me, the Steelers, like you said, it's a team that can go in multiple directions. This defense is going to be really good, not great. This is not, to me, a top-five defense. If they really come together and the defensive line, crossing both fingers here, is healthy, Mm. this is a team that could be a top-ten defense. Very, very easily a top-ten defense. And if you see a few things go their way, they could make top five. But that's that's a lot, that's a lot they're going for there. But it, that'd be like Brian Flores is just comes in and works miracles, and this team is a top five defense. A big, big, big thing for me is when you look at this schedule, right? I, I this is we don't really cover the schedule, so this is kind of the only moment we're going to really do this, really go through it. Uh, and look at it. The first six games have the Bengals. They have the Patriots, who Bill Belichick is something like thirteen and one against rookie quarterbacks. It's got the Browns, then the Jets, then the Bills in Buffalo, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you think about the defenses we're talking about there, if you think we're talking about the the offenses, like if you're playing the Buffalo Bills, that's you're if you're winning that game, that's going to be a bit of a shootout right? Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a fantastic defense. Patriots are always really solid defense. Bengals, you're going to have to score. The Browns defense is loaded. Obviously, like we've always done well against the Browns, but that's Ben, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one thing, if we're looking at a game to say, what's the biggest difference going to be without Ben? Well, are we going to just absolutely destroy Cleveland? (laughs) Are we going to sweep Cleveland when The roster for Cleveland is significantly better than the roster for the the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a good question because we don't have Ben. And we, it's been so long since we have had a relation, have we had a rivalry with Cleveland that didn't involve Ben Roethlisberger? And basically the return of the Browns didn't go very long before Ben showed up, right? Then we don't have much groundwork here for what this is going to be like. I'm pointing this out. Because after week six, the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, the bye week, the New Orleans Saints, the Bengals again, the Colts and Falcons, before you even get to the Ravens, and after the Ravens is the Panthers, right? Like the the hard part of our schedule is those first six games Mm -hmm. is the worst part of our schedule. That is an absolute gauntlet. Week seven makes sense to me as the most logical point to insert one Kenny Pickens into the roster, into the starting lineup. If you're looking for a point that makes the most sense to put Kenny Pickett into the starting position, to me it's week seven against the Miami Dolphins, which at the Miami Dolphins, Kenny Pickett would be a story, but there's a bigger story even than that. That's Brian Flores returning to the Mm Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Brian Flores going to Miami is (laughs) going to be what the media is talking about. And if Kenny Pickett's the quarterback, Brian Flores has that. We saw what Mike Fitzpatrick did the last time he faced Miami. He's going to be looking for more. Brian Mm -hmm. Flores is going to be looking for it. So to me, that's a great opportunity for Pickett to come in and start playing right there week seven. We'll see what happens, but that's my thought, looking at the schedule, looking at this roster, looking at all these things. I, we've got to survive those first six games. Even if we could come out of that three and three, this team could make a playoff push. If we're mm-hmm. four and two through six weeks. Wow. Well, that's a pretty good place to be.
0: If they do that, they're not switching to pick it.
2: Yeah. They ain't switching to pick it at four. That's and what I'm saying. So yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I, See, I would, th- I think we'll see. Like, we lose against the Bengals. Let's say we beat the Patriots, we beat the Browns, we beat the Jets, we lose to the Bills and Buccaneers. Kenny Pickett comes in at Miami, three
0: and three.
2: Yeah, three and yeah. three. Kenny Pickett takes over. Steelers win seven of their last eleven. Go seven and four mm-hmm. with Kenny Pickett. Ten and seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe maybe yeah. All right. Shannon, do you have anything to plug for the people here?
0: Uh, No, uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're uh, – uh, I'll be working on something, but I'm not sure yet. I don't know if I to do the rookie review or not. Yeah, uh, you were all
2: in on the Redmond Award. <laughs> yeah,
0: so I might – I'll do a short, you know, uh, article about, you know, making naming Mark Robertson the winner, but uh, other than that, that's it right now.
2: All right, and for me, uh, Dave and I just finished up the the Vertex on uh, I was going to say Mark Robinson, that was last week. The new guy, Malik Reed. Yeah. The new the the new outside linebacker, we did that on Malik Reed. Make sure to check that out. And uh, hey, check out behindthesteelcurtain.com for all your roster updates, the practice squad updates, all the stuff heading into the new into week 1. Next week we start prepping for week 1. Come back here next Wednesday when we have a guest talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, the new favorite team in the division. And uh, as always, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for everyone who participate in our live chat. We love hearing, seeing your comments. Thank you for everyone who voted in the Isaac Redman award poll. And as always, have a great week and let's go Steelers.